What's possible if you let go of the shoulds, right wrongs, and supposed tos? What could you create? Who would you get to be? And what would you experience as a leader, parent, colleague, or whatever hat you're wearing? What qualities would you bring to the space? This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today of foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Welcome back. Today, I'm excited to share a conversation with Mandy Barton. In this conversation, we talk about self-love. We talk about self-acceptance, how gaining deep access to who you are actually facilitates revenue growth in your business and a more aligned culture. So please meet Mandy. Mandy grew up in rural Texas in a graduating class of 25. She fell into the trucking and third-party logistics industry when she was unable to find a job after graduating with a degree in economics from the University of Texas at Austin. She's been in business for 27 years and still considers herself a rookie, which I love, and we, we go into that in the conversation. She founded Barton Logistics in the dining room of her parents' home in 1997 and currently serves as its president and CEO. She is the author of a self-development book called Step One Jump that's available on Amazon and has an active executive and life coaching practice. She's a certified Enneagram practitioner and specializes in this dynamic and adaptive tool for leadership and personal growth. And she actually uses her Enneagram practitioner hat while she's being that logistical company CEO. And she does a great job integrating both of them. So I'm really excited for you to hear about that. In addition to all of that, Mandy is also an active member of YPO, the Young Presidents Organization, and both San Antonio and Jackson Hole chapters. She is a mother of two children, Claire and Steeler, and takes pride in growing her kids and her companies primarily in rural America. She's an investor, a first-generation entrepreneur, and a lifelong learner who lives her vision, always be learning, giving, and growing. So I'm really excited for you to jump into this conversation. Thank you for being here with me today. Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. I know that you're um, like an Enneagram. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. I always <laughs> practitioner and say more about like that in relationship to like having that Enneagram practitioner practice. In addition so in to my like company, running, a we business. all know our Enneagram types. It is a pretty extensive personality testing that speaks to motive. Um, okay. Which is the reason that I liked it so well. I liked it well enough to go and get certified in it. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8, and we don't do that. We think we can get out of certifications, but it, it has impacted me enough okay. to, to get out of it, to be certified in it. And I think what I do as a leader, as an employer, I'm a coach, and I have an mm-hmm. active 
life and executive coaching practice also outside of, of my primary company. In coaching, what we're really doing is giving a person deep access to themselves or facilitating the process of a person accessing themselves. Mm-hmm. And an Enneagram is a pretty deep access. And I think any of the personality profiling systems will give you some access. I just yeah. found this one to be really deep. Yeah. And like being a third-party logistic business owner, as well as somebody who it sounds like really values gaining deep access of somebody's like soul and their being and who they are. How do you bridge, like, how do you educate or how do you enroll those on your team into getting that deep access and wanting that deep access and continuing to explore and discover that deep access? Well, until they see something that they want for themselves, you use the word enroll, we're not going to be able to enroll them. So, I mean, real enrollment comes when they see it for themselves and they make moves toward it. I know before when we talked kind of before this conversation, you mentioned how something along the lines, if we just all avoid our core wounds, then like we all work great together. Oh, in the Enneagram, it speaks to um, each type has a basic fear and a basic desire. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Enneagram, a basic fear is being violated or betrayed. If you can just stay away from that with the eights, yeah. you're miles ahead, right? Got it. The Enneagram five is worthless. They don't want to be worthless. If we can just avoid making our fives, and we have a lot of them in my office, feel worthless, we're in great shape. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, how do you put that in, like, practically speaking? Like, how do you avoid somebody feeling something? Or how do you avoid exposing somebody's core wound or core fear? So I feel like the my favorite thing about the Enneagram is awareness begins to make it go away. Mm. It's no longer in the shadow. It's no longer in the subconscious. Even being aware that that person is sensitive to feeling worthless, that that's a the major trip for them, you can work to support them. Got it. And you being like the leader, you being... Everybody in the organization. I mean, leaders come from all levels of the organization. And most of the good ideas come from within the organization. They don't come from the top. So we've really worked to infuse this and I've worked with each individual member of my team to learn themselves first and the people around them. Nice. I would imagine there's times where like people just get in their own stuff. Like they get, they get caught up in their fear. And then it's like when scared people do scary things or like hurt people. And so I'm curious if, if in those dynamics, like how often does that happen? If, the people in your company are aware if they're an eight or they're a five, like how often does that happen where people are just kind of like in their shit for lack of a better word? (laughs) Well, one of our, I think it comes down to one of the things I do in my practice is pull out the personal values of the owner that are then the values of the business. At least they are in my, my company values are my personal values. And one of our values is demand more from life and yourself. And Mm. What that entails is willingness to grow, take yourself on, and self-development being an important part. There's nothing wrong with not doing that. You're just going to hate it in my company. Mm, So so I I have a base there to work with in my business. And then, I mean, as a coach, you know, people are not coming to you that don't want to. So um, a lot of people just want a chill life and don't want to take themselves on in any way. And they're not wrong for that, right? 
It's mm-hmm. what they need. It's what they want. They're not wrong for that. They just don't tend to stay around me. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you've really <laughs> built and like, which is cool because like you've built like a logistical company, which I think some would assert is more of like high efficiency and do it as fast as possible and like emotional worth or human value is subpar to getting the freight from point A to point B and door to door, you know, and like having that mentality. And it sounds like you're changing the dynamic. It sounds like you're changing the paradigm with putting people first and actively improving awareness and actively trying to bring awareness to your people so they can avoid core wounds. Like, I don't want to inflict a core wound on you just as much as I think you wouldn't want to inflict a core wound on me. And so people are basically good. Yeah. Yeah. And really bringing humanity into it. Really neat that you've like fostered that kind of leadership archetype, you know, it's like, it sounds like you're leading leaders versus leading followers, which is a new skill set for, you know, and then leading leaders who lead leaders is another skill set. So, I mean, it just never ends. And I know we talked about before of like truly learning self-love and how do you see that interwoven in like your life as a business owner and as an author and as a leader? That's a wide, deep question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to cover that in this yeah. in an hour, but I think yeah. that's the path we're all on. You know, the path to self-love and more, maybe even more importantly, self-acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, where we are really trusting that we're where we're supposed to be. Got it. And how did you come to that realization of like, I am just where I'm supposed to be right now? Because I think so many Fusing people... Using to trust it. Mm. It's a choice. We can want it. We can think we should. We can all kinds of things, but choosing it. Yeah. Choosing it's a different ballgame. Yeah. Choosing to trust. Yeah. And it's that same intentionality of like choosing into being a rookie, like choosing into being the life learner, choosing into trust. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm quickly jumping in to speak directly to that ambitious woman who is hustling. You are ambitious. You are driven. You know how to get shit done. You are fueled by your work. And you also know the underbelly of that drive and of that ambition all too well as you've been in the place of exhaustion, of burnout, of not enjoying life, of your nose is to the grindstone and your personal relationships are left with the breadcrumbs. You are everything to everyone except for yourself, and you don't have any white space in your calendar. Yet, you want more, and you want to rest, and you want to enjoy life without stressing and overthinking, and you don't want to lose what you've worked so hard creating. I get it. I was there, which is why it's my mission to help ambitious women step into their brilliance, work less, not lose what they've created, and enjoy life. Easier said than done, which is why I've created a group coaching mastermind with women just like you. My Heal the Bullshit Hustle Mastermind is for the ambitious woman. It's one sisterhood, two coaches, and real transformative conversations with other ambitious women just like you. We begin in April. If this is for you and you want to learn more, then let's chat. Click the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. It's all transactional, but transactions are based on relationship. Um, One of our values is grow the relationship. People are important and they're more important than the transaction. 
And that goes to the guy delivering the package, to the forklift driver, to the driver, to, you know, the customer sending us the freight themselves. So, and the people, the people in the office, people are important and they are more important than the transaction. Fortunately, we have this vehicle that provides all of us with, with a good living and, and a place to be and a place to belong. But I think you can use any vehicle to live your values, right? You know, I get asked this a lot and I'm curious as to your perspective, like how do you identify values? You know, how do you create your own personal values and your business values? Take the case and choose to trust that people are and have been living inside their values naturally. They're not cognizant of it. I mean, that's that deep access, right? Mm -hmm. Into a person. And so when you hear a person's story, over the years and, you know, over the story, their values pop out. Mm-hmm. And when you present that value to a person or those values to a person, they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't conscious. Yeah. Two of my personal values is accountability and vision. And so those are values that I always, it's like the lens I use in order to make confronting or challenging decisions. Like, and I know confronting and challenging are our paradigms and contextual things, but like in those moments where it feels hard, you know, and it feels confronting and it feels challenging because in those moments, it's like, well, I don't want to make the wrong decision. And so like that, it gets so slippery and it's like a trap. And so that's how I personally lean into values. It's like, Oh, I can feel like I'm being hooked right now. I can feel like I'm starting to like slide down this path or I can feel like this problem is being pushed at me or like, we're not sharing the ball anymore. And so that's where I use accountability or vision as like a lens to make decisions. And then it's like right, wrong or good, bad kind of just fall away. It's like, well, if I'm making a decision through accountability, there's no right, there's no wrong. There's no good. There's no bad. It's, it's simply accountable. All right. Chapter 22 in my book is mistakes. Hurry up and make them already. Like, let's just get going. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how we learn. And we're a lot yeah. smarter after we make one than before we do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's the quickest way to fail? You know, and yeah. failure is its own context. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And so I love that when, you know, asked about the like self-love, you immediately went to trust. And I just think about your deep access of... It's like, also a them. choice to love mm-hmm. yourself, be, right? Yeah. yeah. Be loving, accept love, receive love, create love. Yeah. And what's that learning of love that you were talking about of just learning what's preventing me from receiving love or learning what's preventing me from giving love and why the deeper access to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And do you think that you would have kept your business for 27 years and still going if you didn't have this deeper access as to who you are and loving yourself? That's been a journey. So yes, you just keep going. Um, One of my chapters is put your head down and work. Just (laughs) blinders, just put your head down and work. Just get to it. And I think I would have done that regardless, but it sure is a lot more enjoyable when you love yourself, right? And even before I would say I got on this self-love journey and love of my people, which by the way, I can do a lot better when I love myself. I would say, you know, we're, we're going to do this our way. I'm not trying to be corporate. And in fact, mm. people that 
don't want to be doing things the way I'm doing and maybe they belong there and it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What prompted you, like, was there an event that prompted you to go on this self-love journey? No, it's like, I think it's Jim Collins, but good to great where he talks about the flywheel analogy. Have you heard okay. that where it's like all the little things that we do and we think it's one event. We think it's one aha or one seminar changed our life. And I, I what I was on that spin for years. Um, mm. And I think a lot, you know, it did, it, it improved things. But as I look back on it, it was all the new modalities, all the different things I tried and learned and read and over time, the flywheel gets to moving faster. At first, the little thing moves at a centimeter and the next thing moves at another centimeter. And it can go like that for a really long time. But then we start cranking. And mm -hmm. I, I think it is all the flywheel activities. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice a like a shift in revenue or a shift in something tangible that like once you started loving yourself, once you started doing the self-development and healing, like you saw something tangible in your business. Did yeah, you notice the revenues, that? Yeah. The money's going up. Yeah. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's so a lot more money to do raises with. There's a lot more you know, for them and me. Yeah. It's great. It's almost like, like we talked about, like the universe responds to clarity. It's like when you take ownership of who you are and you love every aspect of yourself, that it's like you're breeding that confidence and you're breeding that abundance. That's kind of what I hear. I think so. And I think our part of manifestation is being clear. And that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. that, is, yeah. that is not a simple thing. One of my chapters is exercise the dream muscle. And I feel like our dream muscle gets atrophied. <laughs> School taught us really well to go and get that first job, go and have the family, but it didn't teach us to set the next one. And mm -hmm. so we've got people emotionally, mentally stagnating in their mid twenties and never changing anything. We didn't learn to exercise that dream muscle. Yeah. And you get to the point where you ask, you know, what do you want for lunch? And they can't give you an answer, right? The dream muscle really can atrophy. Yeah. Yeah. It's even, you know, it's like people love to be told what to do. And I think about, you said that flywheel of like, you were going to these seminars and like, you were like, people expect this like quick life hack. It's like, well, if you just tell me what to do and I'll do it, I'll get that gold star. And then I'm supposed to be better. I think we all have blocks to responsibility in that department. Mm -hmm. Not all. I mean, I certainly did. I mean, there's yeah. a block to responsibility when I am looking for someone else to tell me and that being my end all be all. Yes, I'm going to do that. I admire that person, but we're avoiding responsibility when we yeah. just want to be told what to do. Yeah. And it's like, we're avoiding for me personally, it's like I was avoiding what I really wanted you know, and being scared. It's almost like there's like a fear of success for some people. It's like, oh crap, well, if I have all of that, then what, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, well, then you'll actually get to experience joy or like maybe right now you could experience well, joy. And what I would say too, is you can always sit down on your path. You don't have to do the things success makes possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What say more about that. You can start collecting your gifts. Yeah. You know, we don't have to get on that stage if that's what success is going to mean. I mean, that's certainly been one of mine. We don't have to do this, do that. If we remove all the blocks to it, um, we're just yeah. collecting gifts. And then we have free will and free choice because when we don't collect the gifts, 
Um, we can pretend we have free choice all we want, but we really don't. We're stuck where we are. We can't afford to go anywhere else. We have, you know, la, la, la. What does it mean to like collect the gifts? Like, what does that mean? The self-love, the mm. removing the block to responsibility is a good one. Yeah. You know, collecting the gift of responsibility, being responsible for setting healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so it's what I'm hearing you say is once you collect the gifts of, of loving yourself and giving yourself compassion and doing that deep excavation and dive of figuring out who you are, then like you are intrinsically successful, like you're intrinsically whole and you won't have to stand on that stage and feel successful because like you already have that self-love that you're seeking. You You can choose to, you can choose to, if you want to. No, if it. it helps humanity, I might do it. If it, you know, <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like versus like it choosing you, like you're choosing it. Like I can choose right. to go on the stage. I don't feel like obliged to in order to prove my worth or to prove whatever it might be that I'm trying to prove. Yes, and I think you know, since that's one of mine, and we're talking about it, I mean, I did push away the the development that would have people coming to me and asking me to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a severe hearing impairment. I mean, the story I've always said is I'm not going to be able to hear the audience. I mean, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't mean I can't collect the invites and the opportunities. It doesn't, I, you know, I can do it or I cannot do it. But stopping myself from learning true responsibility for my own development and healthy boundaries and, and all of those things for some future thing that I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing that fear into the present. And that's what I'm avoiding. Got it. When you bring that fear into the present, why is that such a thing that we need to do in order to move forward? We think we have to do things that we don't know how to do yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As I get on the path, the next step becomes clear. The next step becomes clear. But I think that, you know, if I had known I would have a company this size with this many employees as a 25 year old when I started, there's no way I would have done that because I don't know. I didn't know how to do this. You know, the path is the teacher. So um, the teacher. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I I just think about how everybody has their own path and how it's windy and it wanders and there's so much judgment that comes with a lot of it. You know, if you're not in that self-love and if you're not in that self-acceptance, it's like, well, they took a straighter path than me mm-hmm. and mine was really windy, you know. And we end up with that FOMO that I wish I was where they were. I'm not where they were because I'm supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> right. And like, just like the radical self-acceptance of I'm supposed to be here and what's the lesson for me to learn in this moment. I just think having my parents who started a logistical company and kind of having that background noise of understanding like what you do and understanding the stress, you know, the stress of it all of moving somebody's stuff. That's really important to them from point A to point B and doing it timely because they have a customer who has a commitment. There's a lot of stress that comes with that. They don't like it when you shut down an assembly line. That's for sure. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so like, it's just so beautiful that like you can sit here today and say like, we put people first, like we avoid core wounds and, you know, because so many third-party logistics company or just like companies in general would want to pour that wine glass faster, would want to get through that customer line faster, would want 
all of the competing commitments of like, well, we have two angry customers standing in front of us. Like, who do we serve first? If like the customer is always right. And it sounds like and you guys I want are... that too. And that's it. I want that. You know, you want I, what? I'm choosing, you know, I, I want more revenue. I want it to go faster. Mm. I want all of that. And right. I'm choosing to trust on where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you're also... and it makes the game fun. I mean, it's fun yeah. again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it sounds like what makes it fun is that human connection. It's like that humanity shift, you know, it's not just about the numbers, but it is about the numbers too. It's not like an either or. I had a coach one time tell me they're the controls on the dashboard, right? They're telling you how well you're living your purpose and the numbers are important. Yeah. They they have integrity or they don't and, and they point to things, right? Yeah. In this example, like what would be the indicators? Like what would be the numbers on the dashboard for somebody to be like, how do I find my numbers on the dashboard or what am I supposed to be looking for? I think for every company, the scorecard is different. For ours, we do all kinds of things. We track revenue, we track profit, we track um, on time. That Mm. speaks to, we track our call acceptance that speaks to a customer not having to put up with whole okay yeah we track our timeliness of checking on our drivers all of the things we call it the back doors we've done all Mm -hmm. this work to bring the customer in the front door and they'll go right back out the back door if we're over time they will go back out the back door and we've had it happen especially in the earlier years you know if we're not doing our, our track and trace team is one of the most important teams in the company because they're calling. Where are you? Where are you? You know, is everything where it's supposed to be sounding the alarm when it's not? And they're standing at that back door and helping us keep the business in house. Right? Mm, yeah. And it sounds like those are the, your measuring sticks that you have personally ordained. And these are the tangible ways we're measuring our values because it always comes back to your values. And we have some random things on one employee may have a, we call them quarterly rocks. We run on EOS. This quarter, they have to meet with me three times on their Enneagram or, you know, so they begin to get that deeper access to themselves. Or we have some things that don't appear to be pointed at revenue, but Mm, make the place so much more enjoyable to work, which makes better people stay, come and stay. And we don't have the ones that are culture fits going out. Got it. And I would imagine it all kind of feeds down to those tangible measures of like, if people are happier at work and it's a better work environment, then it's kind of like your self-love and self-acceptance. Once I started loving myself and accepting myself, then it, it funnels down into more abundance of, of money, of more abundance of a happier team. And when the team's happier, then... Right. I'm not you know. living in fear when I'm accepting myself because mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have to be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm not living in fear when I'm accepting myself. Well, thank you for this. I just think the tangibility and like the intrinsic intangibility were just shined on. And I just think that's what people want to hear, need to hear about love yourself. And this is why loving yourself is so important. And this is why like publicly loving yourself and like choosing through your values will move you milestones ahead. Yeah, I think the saying is flowing will get you places forcing never will or never could. Mm, I love that. 
Well, thank you so much. Yes, and thank you. This was fun. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth. Finally, make sure to check out my website, trailblazersgrowth.com for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.